Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout! Happy Friday, guys. Hopefully you are excited that it's now the end of the week. This is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, and yes, it is Friday, Friday, November 30th. I am ready and excited to bring you another week of football, previewing all the games for you. Uh, a special thanks again uh, for the work that's been done by the writers at pigskinnut.com. Pigskin Nut, for those that are crazy about football, uh, those guys w- will be assisting me uh, in giving their bold takeaways from from all of, all of the weekend's games, uh, and that episode comes to you uh, every um, every Monday. So uh, I apologize uh, because I have been traveling unexpectedly the last few days. It was just very much a last second thing, something I had to take care of. But uh, I am back now on a full time schedule, which means for the most part, the only ep- the only day that I'm not putting something out is Sunday. So it used to be that. Um, Sunday show was was the bold takeaways, but now I want to give all my writers a little bit of time to get it to me. Plus, you know, we want to analyze, you know, um, give them time to analyze the Sunday night football game. So we'll give that to you every Monday. So Sunday is the only day that that, that we are off. So special thanks again uh, to all those people. Follow me on Twitter at Steve the Scout eighty one and on Facebook at the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. Uh, I've been getting a few emails. Um, uh, from from different people who have been asking me this, um, as you guys know, um, if you've been listening for a while, there there was a, a good period of time where we were consistently ranked uh, in the top five highest rated sports podcasts in the country and iTunes with uh, sometimes for weeks in a row ranked ranked as number one. Uh, pretty cool considering we've 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 been out for about seven months now. Um, but you know, some of you asking why are we still why are we not in that? You know, top echelon category. It's be- it becomes becomes more competitive. There's more things involved, so we definitely do hope to get our ranking back up. So that is definitely something that uh, we are um, we are we are working on. Um, advertising starts Monday, so if you are interested in becoming an advertiser on the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, the episode averages 4,500 listeners per show. Send an email to stevethescout81 at gmail.com for advertising rates. Obviously, we have. We have forty five hundred people, so it's not it's not a, it's not a monstrosity, you know, nationwide audience. So it's gonna be really an ex- pretty inexpensive for now. Obviously, you know, as we grow, uh, it'll change. So if you have a business and you think that hey, football fans, this would be a good fit, you know, for my target market, definitely send me uh, an email at Steve the Scout eighty one with a subject line advertising rates, and uh, I will I will respond and get you some information. And for pigskinnut.com, uh, I am hoping by sometime early next week it's going to be out. Uh, we are going to have individual ind- individual coverage, not not just a league-wide presence, but individual coverage of all 32 NFL teams, fantasy football, league analyst. We have people that cover every major college football conference, player profiles, and scouting reports because a player profile and a scouting report is a little bit different. Um, and then, you know, we do have, um, you know, also unlimited scouting reports 
for college f- football in the NFL. That's going to be something that we build up over time. Uh, and eventually, you know, our goal is to make this the most comprehensive and expansive football news website in history. Yes, in history, because I believe when you look at it, there's a lot of websites that are missing a lot of things out there. You go to NFL.com. Can you can you get a scouting report on every player in the league? No, you can't. Uh, you go to you go, can you can you get information on college football on NFL.com? Some of it. What what about what about ESPN? You know, on ESPN, um, a lot of times it's okay. You know, I'm getting I'm getting insider information, but really, who are these people that you're paying this this ins- insider information from? Um, so look. Um, ultimately I want this to be all about football for those that are hardcore football fans that just that love the game and want all the news, not just all the news and everything, but information on every player and football at every level. This is, this is the website to go to. So excited about that. I'm talking a big game, but hell yeah, I plan on delivering. So, um, this episode today, this this is all this is all about this is all about previewing the games that are coming up for the weekends. But first, uh, let's take let's take a look at let's take a look at what happened yesterday on Thursday night football between the Cowboys and the Saints. I'll say this: Look, uh, I, I'm going to probably make a show towards the end of the year, tooting my own horn. You know, look, I'm going to do it because I've made a lot of predictions this year that 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 have come true. Predictions that were made before the preseason started, predictions before the NFL draft, and one of them was this Dallas Cowboys defense because um, they have they have a lot of good football players and, and they have a lot of good defensive players in, in their in their front seven uh, and and a lot of these guys I thought you know. And I mean, it's pretty obvious. Some of these guys either were were a rookie, like Leighton Vander Esch, or they were starting to come into their own, and they were and they're going to get even better, like Jalen Smith and Randy Gregory. Uh, you had you had proven guys like Demarcus Lawrence. You have a leader like Sean Lee in there. Byron Jones is a special athlete, um, and and someone someone who I think has been absolutely outstanding this year, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So when I when I looked at when I looked at the Cowboys' defense, I said, "Look, they got everything." Sean Lee, um, one one of the most underrated defensive players of this generation. Had he had he not had the injury bug most of his career, you know, we could be talking about a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he's been he's that good of a player. Um, Leighton, Leighton Van Der Esch, when I watched him at Boise State, this guy is a hell of a tackling machine all, all over the field. Jalen Smith can cover, can cover as much ground sideline to sideline to sideline as any linebacker in the game. He's a jack of almost a jack of all trades linebacker. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. Hey, look, you watch Randy Gregory at Nebraska. Oh my God. It is scary tape to watch. So look, they have a lot of talent there. Um, and I think I think you know Amari Cooper is benefiting from being in an offense that's not so complex. John Gruden's offense makes a lot makes a lot of good talented players that are young struggle because the term the terminology is so damn complex that um, you know it's just sometimes harder for guys to pick up. If you looked at John Gruden in Oakland, uh, John Gruden in Tampa Bay, he had Rich Gannon and Brad Johnson. He had veterans there for a good reason. This stuff is a little more complex, so I think it could be that Amari Cooper is benefiting um, from not being in that kind of system, um, and you know, really just you know the way he's being used there. So, look, uh, looking at this game last night, uh, no, look, I- I'm not shocked. Leighton Vander Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Jalen Smith, those gu- those guys were were all over the field. Demarcus Lawrence uh, put put a put a lot of pressure on last night. 
Leighton Van Der Esch was everywhere on the field. And and if you watch Jalen Smith play, wow, he 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 is he is impressive. Uh, I think Jalen Smith, uh, you know, in, in about a year or so, he's going to be looked at. He could be looked at as one of the best overall linebackers in the game. He is he is a special talent. Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, is is going to get is going to get even better. Um, so look, I mean, it's no surprise, you know, Dallas's defense is good, but did we really expect them to shut, to shut down the Saints the way they did? Um, I didn't, I, I didn't think, I didn't think the score would be 13 to 10. I don't think anyone did, but I did think, I did think they did think they would give them a much harder time than people anticipated. And they eventually, they actually gave them a much harder time really than I, than I anticipated. But, um, you know, look, looking, looking at, looking at this game, you know, Dak Prescott, I thought he did, I thought he did a, a good job with his passes. Um, you know, he, he managed, he managed the game well, had a really, had a really nice deep ball down the field. Um, but that was, you know, that was the only time last night where he actually completed a, a deep pass. Uh, yeah, you know, he had, he had the fumbles last night, but overall, I mean, look, they won, they won the game there. Um, really interesting matchup last night between, um, you know, Eli Apple, who um, who has played better since going to the Saints, but he had a rough night last night. He went up against, uh, uh, pretty frequently, Michael Gallup, the, the rookie wide receiver uh, from Colorado State that plays for Dallas, the guy that really shined in the preseason, and he, 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 burnt, he, burned, him, he burned him a few times. Um, Dallas, you know, Dallas, their, their offensive line, you know, they had their, they had their struggles in this game. Um, you know, Zach Martin didn't, didn't, didn't play his best football, but... Look, they, you know, Dallas, Dallas played, Dallas played a defensive game and, and did a good job of it. They are, they are able to keep Drew Brees off of his game, um, and the Saints, you know, the offense as a whole, I mean, just not much really, really, really went their way. They definitely had some bad breaks, but you got to give it to Dallas uh, and and what they did. Um, so look, you know, the I, I thought the Saints, the Saints defense. Um, I think that they're going to come on. The Saints' defense is going to be one of the one of the surprises going forward because they've been they've really been a bend but don't break defense. They have underrated players all over the field. Sheldon Rankins, you know, was was good was good as usual last night. One of the most underrated defensive tackles in the game. He had a number of pressures. Um, and uh, David and I'm not sure how to say his last name. Uh, Onyemata. When I watched the game, when I rewatched the game. I don't watch it with any sound. I'm essentially watching, you know, the the highlights overhead, but it's coach's film. So I don't know how to say his last name. David Oyamnata. Probably should have looked at that before. But look, he he had he had a nice game, three sacks last night. Um and and, and overall I, I thought, you know, Dallas what they did is is they, they did what they did what they needed to do. They they controlled the possession of they they controlled the possession of the game. Uh, they need they needed to win time of possession badly. Keep keep Drew keep Drew Brees off the field. Li- limit the number of drives and and big plays that they can make. And that was a strategy. And look, it worked well. That's the strategy I would have went with. So I thought um, the way they played the game um, was was just really smart. That's that's really the only way you can beat the Saints team. Um, and and New Orleans. I mean, look, any any offense can have a bad game. We saw we saw that last night. But um, you know, they just they didn't get on the field as much. Things didn't go their way. But ultimately, you just got to give so much credit to the Dallas Cowboys for uh, really making you know this this has to be one of their biggest regular season victories of the last few years. And I gotta say, and I, I didn't mention I didn't mention this because honestly, it's it's become so normal. 
But, you know, we got to start talking about Cameron Jordan as, as, as one of the best defensive players uh, in, in, in the NFL and a, guy, and a guy that's starting to make a Hall of Fame case. Uh, you know, you, you look at him, he's a guy that has consistently gotten better over his career. He's always been a top defensive end, but he's been getting better and better and better. He, he, is, he is one of those guys that can take, that can take over a game. Uh, he, he, he was, he was very, he was very good last night. And I think a big reason why the Saints defense can be so impressive down the line and help them win a Super Bowl because they got Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, you know, a a good, a good young secondary. And oh yeah, Demario Davis is one hell of a middle linebacker too. This team, this Saints defense is full of underrated players, but so is the Cowboys defense. Maybe we'll see them meet again in the postseason. First Sunday matchup we're going to look at are the New York Giants taking on the Chicago Bears. Bears, the keys, the key for victory is one thing. Slow down Saquon Barkley, you win this football game. It, it's it's as, it's as simple as that. Giants offensive lines since getting Jamon Brown, um they, they they've been they've been a better team. Nate Soldier's been playing better, but look, this this is this is a different defense than what they've gone up against. Uh th- these are this is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Th- these are not the San Francisco 49ers. Um and look, this defense is not just about Khalil Mack. So we, if we're thinking that, we need to stop because the bear, the bear, the Bears have good players all all over all over that front seven, and their secondary is having is having a hell of a year. So uh, I think I think the New York Giants, you know, if they have a chance of winning this game, it has to it has to be to get to get Saquon going. The one thing they have going in their favor is Mitch Trubisky is not playing for the New York. For the Chicago Bears, so the Giants have that have that going in in their, in their favor. Um, their defense, if their defense can have can step up and have and have a big game, uh, I think for the you know that's that, that obviously that's going to help the Giants tremendously because look, Trubisky's not going to be on the field, so I got to imagine what they're going to look to do is you know they're gonna they're going to be looking to run the ball a whole lot more, but. Um, I would not. I would not count out the Bears' offense just because Trubisky is not playing. Matt Nagy is a very creative coordinator. He's he's one he's one of the few guys where uh, he has a system that he can plug in almost any quarterback and have some degree of success with. But uh, the New York Giants they have got to they've got to get Saquon going. That's the only that's the only way that you're going to keep this defense off balance and allow Eli to make some throws down the field. But ultimately, in this game, uh, I think the Bears are the better football team. I think they're going to win on Sunday. But uh, this is this this one this one could be a surprise victory because of no no Mitch Trubisky and Saqu- and Saquon Barkley coming on as strong as he is. But we'll see on Sunday. My gut tells me to go with the Bears, but something inside me says the Giants may have a shot. Cardinals traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. Uh, I gotta imagine the Packers are gonna start winning football games. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jimmy Graham, and Aaron Jones has shown that that he can be a reliable running back. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard to imagine that this team is not gonna turn it around. Uh, I think yes, largely what's been holding them back has been has been the play calling, the play design. Some other things have have definitely creeped in. Look, the roster itself, you know, outside of having those players on offense. The roster still has the, the roster still has a lot of holes. You can you can definitely blame it on the fact that you know they they've invested a lot of money into Aaron Rodgers' contract. But at the end of the day, this team should have a been should have a better record with the talent they have in the field, especially having Aaron Rodgers in in their quarterback. So uh, look, Philip Philip Rivers, I think he went something like twenty eight for twenty nine against the Cardinals the other week. So look, I got I got to imagine that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a pretty good game here. Um, and I gotta imagine that this offense is is gonna start is gonna start figuring it out. 
Uh, look, we've never we've never seen Aaron Rodgers play play a full season, uh, and you know ha- have this kind of record at this point in the season. So uh, he's too good. I'm I gotta imagine they're gonna turn it around. Um, but you know, couple couple things to watch out for is you know the Cardinals. The Cardinals have some players. Uh, on their on their defense that are that are up and coming. If you look at Robert Camdichi, he had a huge breakout game last week. Uh, put put a lot of pressure, had a few sacks, um, some tackle, bunch of tackles for losses. So um, Cardinals defense, you know, they have not just Camdichi, but they have some other up and coming players. So you got to watch out for that. But ultimately, uh, I think you know you you look you look at the Cardinals this year. What's been their main issue? They can't protect they can't protect their quarterback injuries on the on the offensive line. Uh, Green Bay doesn't have the best pass rush in the league, but they have a good enough one to cause havoc against Josh Rosen. And I think with Aaron Rodgers back there, they're going to win this one on Sunday. Up next, the Colts are traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Uh, look, Jack Jacksonville. I, I think I think it's very obvious for them what the issues are right now. At least it's obvious for me. A, you got you got to you got to get a new quarterback. B, you got You got to get help. You got to get help on the outside. Uh, and, and I, I really, th- and you got to get some help on the offensive line. I believe if they can fix a lot of their offensive woes, uh, they'll be able to fix a lot of their defensive woes because that that defense is just unmotivated to play. It. And I think they have been all year because the offense can't sustain drives. But uh, like like the Minnesota Vikings, just a team with a lot of talent on defense. Um, sh- they shouldn't be a team that's bad on defense um, for too long, but. Uh, they've, you know, a lot of their, a lot of their good players on Jacksonville, and I say good players with a grain of salt, uh, that a lot of the guys that really performed well last year are not having that kind of impact this year. Changes, changes are going to have to be made in Jacksonville. I think it all starts with the quarterback because, uh, looking at Jacksonville, it can't be an entire rebuild. I think that they still have a lot of good players on that team. But um, looking at them host host the Colts, the Colts are a team that's coming into their own. Uh, you know, Andrew Luck and I and I don't remember which pickskin nut writer gave me the stat, but whoever it is, thank you. I'm forgetting at the moment. But uh, Andrew Luck uh, was not sacked one time in a, in a six week span this year. That's pretty impressive. Why you you got you got guys like Ryan Kelly at center. Quentin Nelson, Anthony Costanzo, that offensive line has come into their own. Um, and, and what's also been just a huge part of the Colts offense has been has been has been the tight end mismatches that they, they've been they've been creating, both with Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Uh, look, you know, you look at the way these teams have performed this year. There's no reason not to think the Colts are not going to come out on Sunday. Uh, I think, I think, I think they, I think they match up well. Uh, I'm curious to see if they're going to put Jalen Ramsey on on one of these tight ends. Maybe Eric Ebron. That could be a good matchup to watch out for. Uh, look, if, if it was earlier in the year and we're talking about week two, uh, I'm, I, you know, I might give Jacksonville a chance, but look, we're late into the season right now. We have proof on how this team plays and they're just an un, uninspired team right now who I think is going to lose to a hot Colts team who's making a big push the second half of the season. A game that I am really excited to see this week are the Houston Texans playing host, uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Why? Look, I said it before, and I'll say it again. You go back, you listen to my very early podcasts before the NFL draft. I said with absolute certainty, with absolute certainty, Baker Mayfield would be would be the best quarterback in this draft class. Why? Because when I when I watched him when I watched him in college, uh, when you want to look at a guy that a we want to look at accuracy, going through going through progressions. 
um, being being able to being able to escape, but being a a uh, calculated risk taker, not just a risk taker, a guy that doesn't make mistakes, a guy that can the guy that that you know can freeze defenders, and the best quarterback in the draft by far at those at those medium range throws where you're throwing over the linebacker and underneath the safety. If you really go back, watch the tape, watch Baker's game against Ohio State. Uh, watch Sam Darnold, watch Josh Rosen. Tell me if you see Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold be able to carve up a defense. Um, and, and, I don't, and I don't mean statistically, I'm just talking about functional when you watch him play. I don't know why um, you know this was such a big debate. I th- said from the very beginning, uh, I thought he was the best. But look, uh, I think so far... That point of mine's been proven right, but you look at him right now. He's really he's really coming into his own. Uh, looks really bad on Hugh Jackson right now that it, that his stats are, that it, that he's performing this well after leaving could mean that potentially Greg Williams even keeps that job, especially if they keep winning. So this is a matchup I'm excited to see because it's two hot AFC teams. The Texans um, are are in very good shape right now, and, and the Cleveland Browns you know are fighting, but they are. Um, they're a team like the Colts that have really started to turn their season around. Um, looking looking at this game, uh, I think that the Texans are going to win. Why? Because um, as good as Baker's as good as Baker's playing, you look at the Browns' offensive line. Um, they are that that is that is their weak point. It's still their weak point. And the Houston Texans, you gotta you gotta realize this. JJ Watt is back in form right now because I think. Um, we started to see it looked like as the season was going along that JJ Watt was was still a great great player and one of the best in the game but maybe just a hair just a hair step below what he used to be now he's actually coming into form and really looking like the player that we saw pre-injury that is scary considering how unblockable Jadavian Clowney is um you know just watch watch Clowney's tape this year and last year um doesn't he's not he's not not, not you know one of the league leaders in sacks um, but look, this guy, this guy creates a lot of havoc. Um, so I just, I just think with with this pass rush going against the Cleveland's offensive line, it's such a huge mismatch. I think that's gonna be the key to the game, uh, and why and, and why the Houston Texans win win on Sunday. Something else to watch out for are 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 these two running backs, Lamar Miller. Huge, huge play last week, 97-yard run. Nick Chubb is coming into his own, so don't underestimate that. That should also be a big part of this game. But uh, with that Browns offensive line and that Texans pass rush, this looks like a formula for a Houston Texans victory. Panthers at Buccaneers. Uh, This this one's an interesting one because uh, both, both offenses can get down the field. Both offenses have had trouble in the red zone, uh, and and both offenses have had some issues with turnovers. So I think you know when you look at this game, considering both both Carolina and Tampa Bay, they can move the ball up and down the field. Um, it's going to come down to which team converts better on third down, and and in, and in the red zone, which team plays plays more mistake free. Whoever wins that battle is going is going to win this football game. Uh, I st- I still think Jameis Winston can be a good quarterback in this league. He's proven that yet. Um, if he and if he can deal with some of the turnover stuff, you know, he will get. Um, you know, he he will become a better quarterback. Um, he just has the talent there. Um, so look, I mean, it, it's really it's really going to come down to that. And they're also in the same spot because uh, both of these defenses have have had a really hard time generating turnovers, and they have not generated quite as much pressure as you'd like to see. Uh, so, so I think, you know, looking, looking at this game, that's why it is going to be about who plays more mistake free, because, 
Uh, you know, one of the one of these defenses is going to have to step up. They're going to have to create turnovers. So um, between that, winning the first down battle, winning the third down battle in the red zone, that's what's going to dictate this game. But you know, if I had to put my money on it, I would say I'd go with Carolina. They're they're the better football team. They have they have the more reliable front seven on defense. So I think they're going to get the win on Sunday. But this could be this could be a high scoring shootout. Um, with 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 bad defense, but ultimately I think I'll give the edge to Carolina. Bills taking on the Dolphins again. Two team two teams that have some similarities. Both 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 teams can make some plays on defense. Both in their front seven and their secondary. Uh, Miami Dolphins they they have Cameron Wake. Well, I don't know if he's eighty years old now, but look this 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 guy is is still one of the biggest menaces you have to deal with in the NFL at the defensive end position. Uh, Buff, Buffalo Bills Jerry Hughes is one of the most underrated uh, pass rushers uh, in the NFL. Both both teams have good have good players in their secondary. Both at, both at cornerback and safety. So I, I think what it really comes down to is going to be going to be the quarterback play. Look, when Ryan Tannehill is healthy, um, he is he is definitely the better quarterback than Josh Allen. Josh Allen um, has done has done a good job athletically this year, but he still has not been has not been the efficient quarterback coming out of college. I said he's missing a lot of tools in his tool belt. You can't just have the big arm; you need more than that. And I don't think he gives you a whole lot more than a big arm and athletic ability at this point. So uh, when Ryan Tannehill's healthy um, and you know he's protected, he is he is he is a quality quarterback. Um, he truly is. He hasn't been able to put it together for a whole season, but you know when he's when he's healthy and he's on the field. Uh, generally speaking, you know he he does he does a serviceable job. So be- because of that, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna give the edge to to Miami. Uh, I think when you look at the Dolphins having Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Wake coming off the edge, they're gonna force Josh Allen into mistakes. He's he's gonna have a rough day. Uh, I like I like Miami in this one. Not only that, uh, I'm a big believer in in Adam Gase. He's he's gotten this team to have a much higher much higher record than you would have expected, considering Tannehill's been missing and the talent they have on that roster. Broncos taking on the Bengals. Look, the 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 Bengals are 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 falling fast. Um, I think it's pretty apparent at this point. Uh, Marvin Lewis probably not going to be there next year as their coach. But you look at the Bengals right now; they're hurting. Number one, they don't they don't have Andy Dalton, and they, and they don't they don't have AJ Green. Uh, Andy Dalton, he really needed this year to go his way. Why? Because I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. He's one of those quarterbacks that um, the team this the team is still debating on whether is he our guy or is he not our guy. Um, and although uh, in Bill Lazor's offense, he had, he had a nice start to this year. He played he played very efficient at times. Um, he just he just hasn't shown that that he he's going to be that guy. Look, he's played he's played good at times this year, but he's also he's also really struggled as well. Um, not having AJ Green in there, um, it just takes out their biggest dynamic from that offense. And one of the things that's really really impressed me on the Bengals this year has been wide receiver wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Um, I think I think in AJ Green's absence, you're going to see that he could be a one B kind of kind of wide receiver, um, a guy that's going to continue to evolve, a guy that I was huge on w- after watching him in the preseason. But but I think um, looking looking at Denver, they got a lot of things going for them. Philip 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 Lindsay's been one of the best rookie running backs this year. 
Case Keenum. He struggled at times, but he's also shown you some good play at times. And I th- and I think looking at this Broncos pass rush, Bradley Chubb is coming on really strong right now. You got Von Miller. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a recipe for success. That's gonna help them, I believe, win this game on Sunday in Cincinnati. If Cincinnati is gonna have a chance of winning, they're gonna have to do it through Joe Mixon. Ravens visiting the Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta, an, another team like some of these other ones that I've mentioned that has a high-powered offense that can get up and down in the field, but they've they've had a hard time closing out closing out drives and converting on third downs. That that is that is going to be what they need to do to win this week. What they also need to do to win is because they're playing against Lamar Jackson. Keep him in the pocket. Do not do not let do. I mean, yes, easier said than done, but the more you can force him to throw from the pocket, uh, I think the better the chance they have of winning because. You know, Baltimore's Baltimore's run game, it's Lamar Jackson, but it's also Gus Edwards. And that's going to be how Baltimore's going to want to win this game because uh, having having Lamar Jackson in there, you're not only getting a quarterback, it's kind of like you're getting, you know, almost a top-tier running back as well. So you got you got, you got to make him throw from the pocket. Uh, that's an area where he's still learning to improve from. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson really could be one of those one of those quarterbacks that you know he's you know he may not be he may not be very good from the pocket year one or year two, but you give him a few years, uh, I think you fix some things mechanically. I, I really see big things for him uh, at the quarterback position. But look, um, they 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 got they got to keep they got to keep him inside the pocket. Um, you know, and and control Gus Edwards. Uh, if if the Falcons can do that, I think they're going to win this game. Falcons Falcons need need to do a better job of converting converting on third downs. They got a high powered offense, but they've really they've really struggled when it counts. Um, this this one this one's a bit of a toss up. I'm going to say really, you know, in my mind, obviously, if Baltimore can get those things going between Jackson and Edwards rushing the ball and on the ground, they're going to win. If they can't, I give this game to to the Atlanta Falcons. Lions taking on the Rams. Uh, if you're going to ask me, you know, what's been the deal with Matthew Stafford this year? Uh, I, I think, yes, um, he's still showing me that he's not he's not as good as reading coverages as, as, as a number of other top quarterbacks. But uh, ultimately, I think a lot of it comes down to the talent that's been around him. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you could definitely make the case that um, when you just watch Matthew Stafford's play, yeah, he's shown some issues reading coverage, but he's still shown you that he's he's a very he's a very capable quarterback. I think he's been really hurt by the talent that he's had around him. Um, it's it's going to be tough for Detroit because uh, on Sunday they have they have no carry on Johnson, so they're going to need Legarrette Blunt to step up and have a big game. And the reason why it's so hard to stop the Rams is I don't I I don't know if I don't know if maybe that there's more than a few teams in the NFL where either the quarterback or the running back is so good that they can take over the entire game. And yes, Jared Goff is that good that he can take over the entire game. Uh, Sean McVay, you could say he's done a hell of a job with him, but when you look at Goff's big Goff's big arm and his big play, he's got touch, accuracy, anticipation, and he's about as good as reading the, reading the coverage as any as any young quarterback in in the league. Uh, one of one of the best quarterbacks right now I've seen at just being able to pick apart a zone defense. Um, really, really good, really good over the middle of the field, and uh, just has demonstrated some of the best accuracy I've seen in the in the league this year. So he's got a big time arm, but man, he has he been accurate and shown you that he's got a lot of other tools uh, in in his tool belt. And I don't know why anyone 
uh, talked about him being a bust his rookie year because you, you can't you can't just look at stats. You have to know what you saw on the college tape. You have to look at all, all things considered in context. I never had any doubts that he would be a good quarterback in this league. Sean McVay just brought it out of him. Good job by him. But uh, look, you know, I, I give the edge to the Rams for those reasons. Uh, they just they have they have two guys on offense that uh, one of them, one of one of them if not both of them are going to take over the game. It's been that way every, every single every single week. Detroit just doesn't have does not have enough talent around Matthew Stafford. Definitely going to need Legarrette Blunt to step up and have a big game with Carryon Johnson being out. I like the Rams in this one. I'll said it before and I'll say it again and I'm and I'm going to probably make a show about this in the next day or so. I hate most sports analysts. You know why? You know why I hate most sports analysts? And I know hate's a strong word. Because they change their tune every single week. Look, um, I I watched I watched ESPN the other day and I heard Max Kellerman say, Well, we thought Derek Carr was good. I thought he was good. Now we know he's not good. And I'm like, all the analysts, all the writers, all the people talking, they do this week in, week out. This player's good. Now he's not good. You, the problem is, is that so many of these analysts don't know how to scout the game. So they don't know how to look at um, things in context. They, they really, really don't. And when you look at Derek Carr, um, look, he has he is not made many mistakes. I don't think he's thrown an interception in, in like seven, like or something like the last seven games. Uh, he takes care of the football. When I watch him, he can still make all, all the big-time throws. He doesn't have help around him. He doesn't have a good offensive line. What do you expect? We we look look Andrew look at Andrew Luck a few years ago. Look at him now. He still doesn't have top-tier receivers. I mean, yeah, he's got T.Y. Hilton and he's got he's got you know a, a couple good tight ends. But um, there's teams with much better receiving cores. Um, but look. Off, off, offensive line and having some weapons around you, it is hard to get it done in this league. Even if, even if you are a talented quarterback, I believe Derek Carr, with with still with the right people around him, the um the right players, um a protection, he is he is still a he is still a dangerous quarterback. So shame on you, Max Kellerman. Shame on you for saying that you learned he's not a good quarterback when you when you said he was last year. Thick and Grow Rich, a book by Napoleon Hill, one of the most famous most famous business books and most influential books in American history. Napoleon Hill said in Think and Grow Rich, he said a, su- a successful man uh, makes makes up his mind quickly and changes his mind slowly. An unsuccessful man usually changes um, changes his mind all, all, all the times and is easily swayed by the by the opinions of by the opinions of others. When you, when you evaluate a player and you say he's good or bad, you should not be changing your tune every single week. Or even, or even really every few weeks when you look at it. But looking at this game between the Raiders and the Chiefs, uh, do I, do I really have to say who I think is going to win this game? Isn't it? Isn't it pretty obvious? Uh, this, this, you know, look, um, we all know who Patrick Mahomes is. We know who Tyreek Hill is. We we know we know what they can do. What I'm really hoping to see out, out of the Chiefs is is the, is their defense continue to play well. They don't they don't have a major test this week. But with D Ford coming off the edge, having a breakout year, Justin Houston back in the mix. Um, hopefully, you can get Eric Bar- Eric Berry back at some point. I have to check in to see what the latest with his status is. You got Steve. You, you know. Steven Nelson is is reliable as a cornerback. They definitely they definitely do have some other issues in there in the secondary. But look, um, 
you, you, I gotta hope. I gotta think that if the Chiefs are gonna want to have a chance of winning the Super Bowl, they're gonna have to see their their defense come up bigger. Their defense is showing they can make plays, but oh, but Kansas City's defense. They're going to have to show that they can limit the team from scoring points on a consistent basis. They'll have an easier matchup this week, but I'm going to want to see what they do down the road. Music City on Sunday. The Titans are going to host the Jets. Uh, looking at these two offenses, I'm going to go with the Titans because right now I, tr- I trust the Titans offense a lot more. Uh, I, do th- I do think that Marcus Mariota is going to continue to develop as a quarterback. Do, do I think he's going to be w- one of the top quarterbacks in the league? Um, you know, definitely can't say that right now with what I've seen, but he has, he has shown that he's, in, he's improving. Um, he is, he, he's getting, he's getting better as a quarterback. And I think he could be one of those guys that just continues to develop. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he has quite the high of the ce- quite as high of a ceiling as some of these other guys, but, uh, certainly, you know, I think he's going to continue to grow, uh, based, based on the way I've seen him play this year. Uh, he's thrown, he's thrown three, he's thrown at least two touchdown passes. Uh, I think his last three games now looking at it, um, what Tennessee really needs to focus on is also getting a run game going matchup. I'm going to like to see this Sunday is Corey Davis going up against Morris Claiborne, Morris Claiborne for the jets. Uh, I think one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the league, going to like to see that matchup with Corey Davis coming out strong. Uh, Jamal Adams, um, you know, he is, he is, he is the lifeblood of, of that defense. He is their, he is their emotional leader. He is, he is their best player. Uh, you know, and, and I, and I wouldn't say that there's, there's more than, you know, five or so elite safeties in the league, but he's definitely, he's definitely one of them, but I gotta, I gotta give this edge to Tennessee. Uh, I trust Mar- Marcus Mariota to make, uh, to have, to have a bigger game than I do Josh McCowan. For that reason, I give the edge to Tennessee. The other reason I give the edge to Tennessee is that, um, they can do more in rushing the passer. They haven't always done it all year. But look, you saw them again. You saw them a few weeks ago against Tom Brady. Uh, they have they have some guys in this defense that can really get after the quarterback. So for those reasons, I like Tennessee. Big matchup in Foxborough this week as the Patriots play host to the Vikings. Vikings defense is coming on strong. You had to expect it. There's just way too much talent there uh, up front in that front seven. Last year, they're they're statistically the best defense in the league. They're they're finally starting to play better now as a unit. So uh, I think, you know, they're going to have to be creative um, it's going to be a chess match because they're going to have to be creative and ha- and how and how they blitz and go after Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady on Sunday because he's 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 one of the best at the mental game pre-snap. Uh, I'm gonna I think they're going to use a lot of safety blitzes. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Harrison Harrison Smith uh, on a, on a lot of blitz plays go, going after him. Uh, obviously, you're you're going to want big games out, out of their edge rushers up front like Daniel Hunter. Uh, but ultimately, um, I think they're going to have to do a really good job disguising the blitz to really keep to keep Brady off track. Because uh, if you can if you can get to him, you can you can slow him down. Minnesota's defense they they did a good job against Aaron Rodgers last week. We'll see what they can do this week against Tom Brady. But Tom Brady he struggled he struggled in that game when he was uh, when Tennessee was hitting him and rushing the rushing him. So look they're. The one thing New England has for them is that they have Rob Gronkowski back. It makes it makes it creates a whole new dynamic for this offense, uh, and and the Patriots can beat you a lot of different ways. Um, you know, if they're if they're going to try to rush him, they could do a lot of short dump plays to James White, which we've seen that's a recipe for success. So the Patriots, between you know Brady having Gronk back, 
the flexibility of what James White can do. Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a big chess matchup on Sunday. That's why this is gonna be the one of the games I'm most interested in seeing. Um, but you know, really, it's gonna come down to how creative can the can the Vikings defense be uh, in terms of their play calling. That'll be the key for them on Sunday. 49ers taking on the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, gonna have to gonna have to go with Seattle on this one. Games in game number one, the games in Seattle. And look, Russell Wilson still shows me that he is um, he's an, he's an elite quarterback. Look, you put you put some of the you put some of these weapons. You know, if you put Russell Wilson on Kansas City, he'd be he'd be in the MVP conversation right now. And to, and to be honest, um, last year you know he was in the MVP conversation, playing great again this year with 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 not a whole ton of talent around him. Uh, but but don't, but I don't want to say that to make and I don't want to sound like I'm underestimating what Seattle has because uh, they have young wide receivers who are stepping up and making and making big plays. They're coming up in big moments, especially on third down. Uh, they're able to beat you downfield with their speed, and then you have young guys like Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, running backs who who, who can get the job done. And oh by the way, Seattle's offensive lines played a lot better this year. So look, despite not having what it seems like is a whole ton of talent on paper. This offense has shown you that, that that they can get it done this year. Um, looking 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 at Seattle on defense, um, they can they can they can they can get after you as well. They may not have the Legion of Boom there, but Frank Clark, number fifty five, uh, is 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 a hell is a hell of an edge rusher. Bobby Wagner is arguably the best middle linebacker in, in the game, um, and they have some other good young players in that defense. Oh, by the way, KJ Wright is. KJ Wright is one hell of an underrated linebacker as well. So, uh, Seattle, they're a lot better on paper than what people think. Um, San Francisco, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's doing the best he can with these quarterbacks. It's just not enough to get it done against the Seattle team. I like the Seahawks on Sunday. Look, if the Vikings, the Vikings taking on the Patriots, if, if that's not the most anticipated game of the week, it might it might be this one when we watch the Sandy when we watch almost said it we watch the Los Angeles Chargers travel to Pittsburgh to take it to take on the Steelers. Both of these teams have a number of things in common. Look, uh, whenever whenever you look at Philip Rivers, you could always compare him to Ben Roethlisberger. Same same draft class. And oh, by the way, both guys are still playing. Both guys are still are still doing a hell of a good job at the quarterback position. Uh, both fu- both future Hall of Famers. I think Philip Rivers has been the better better quarterback of his career, and right now he is the better quarterback. But Ben Big Ben still playing a good brand of football. What what else do these teams have in common? Is they both they both have two number one wide receivers to throw the ball to. Uh, Pittsburgh has Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Los Angeles, they have they have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Both teams have two number one wide receivers, and also both teams can can create havoc uh, rushing the passer. Uh, Pittsburgh, they got they got T.J. Watt, younger brother of J.J. and Bud Dupree. Both of those guys can get after you. But um, I like I like the Chargers in this game because I'll tell you what I think the co- I, I would take. I would take the combination of Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa over over T over TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. I think Philip Rivers is, is still playing the better brand of football than Big Ben. Uh, I think when you look at being able to uh, when you look at ball placement, I don't know if anyone's doing it almost as good as Philip is right now. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, but Philip Rivers is, is about as good as it gets right now in ter- in terms of ball placement. Um, both teams have good offensive lines, but again, uh, I give I give the edge to Los Angeles because I think they have the better quarterback. Uh, I think they have the slightly better pass rush, and I think when you want to look at second, when you want to look look at a matchup in the secondary, um, that's that's where the Chargers really have a big advantage here because 
Although the Pittsburgh Steelers got Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, guess who the Los Angeles Chargers they have? They have Desmond King, a great young cornerback who is who is having who is having an amazing year. You have you have Derwin James, a guy who I said before the NFL draft, this is this is the best defensive player in the draft. He's he's arguably been that his his rookie year, although we've had a number of good defensive players. And oh, by the way, if you look at Pro Football Focus, which I do for some advanced stats, Casey Hayward's been the best quarterback these last two seasons in the NFL. So uh, because of those matchups, I give the edge to the Los Angeles Chargers. But this should be a close one. But just uh, both teams have a lot in common, but slight edge to the Chargers based on those matchups. Redskins and Eagles on Monday Night Football. This one's probably not going to get a big viewing audience compared to some of the other games we've seen on Monday Night Football recently. Why? Um, Philadelphia Eagles, they've had a big drop-off this year. They're not going to the playoffs. I think Dallas is taking the NFC East. And um, and then when, when you look at the Washington Redskins, really just been a tough year with all the injuries they've had to Alex Smith and, and on the offensive line. Um, but but looking 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 at looking at these two teams, I'm going to give the edge to Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz still to me is is an elite quarterback. He's he's going to come along and get better. Uh, Golden Tate's coming on strong for them. Uh, they have the weapons to throw to. Um, so I I just think you know looking at things at the offensive side of the ball, I give the advantage to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, um, they they still have dominant players. I wouldn't say dominant, but they have some very good players. On, on their on their defensive line, so uh, and you know you gotta imagine, you know they're they're gonna be able to you know create some havoc, uh, but you know what's hurt Philadelphia this year really has been not ha- not having not having the secondary be healthy, but you know I don't think that's gonna be as critical because Washington really doesn't have playmakers on the outside that can beat you. Carson Wentz will be the difference. I like the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. So that is it for today. Uh, wrapping up all the action, previewing Week 13. Join me back on Monday where the writers for pigskinnut.com give me give me their bold takeaways. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, go to the iTunes store, give us a rating, follow me at stevethescout81 at twitter.com. And if you do want to be a volunteer writer for Pigskin Nut, uh, send a two-paragraph article to stevethescout81. Make it analytical, make it hit hard. Uh, this is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. We'll be back with you Monday for more action.